Lena, I owe him. Sorry, my ten. The score builds. And second 38 cut to exterior deforested area dawn. The script says the team walks in single file. First we get a shot across the field toward the tree line, the edge of the shimmer just before the trees. Which does not really make sense if A, this is a deliberately deforested area as the script labels it, and B, the shimmer has been expanding. If Southern Reach has been deforesting around the edge of the shimmer to ease observation and entrance, then the deforested area should stretch into the shimmer. Unless trees inside the shimmer grow at an alarming rate, which someone should bother to comment on at some point, but no one will. Considering the possibility of some sort of time-loop eternal recurrence thing going on, to be discussed in more detail in a few minutes, these women are always heading to the lighthouse again and again as a microcosm for their whole lives, for all of our lives. That trees might be fully grown just inside the edge of the shimmer, where Southern Reach probably would have previously deforested, feels like evidence. The script says Dr. Ventress leads, then Thornton, then Shepard, then Raddick, then Lena. But they walk in a more even line as they come into frame from behind camera. From left to right, walking away from us, they are Thornton, Raddick, trailing behind just a little, Shepard, who comes into view first, to the right of frame, Lena, and Dr. Ventress. They wear identical uniforms, Helicon Tech Special Forces uniform next coats with six cargo pockets, urban tactical pants. There's some debate about the specifics online, but their uniforms seem to be a mix of pieces from two companies, Helicon Techs and Proper. They wear mostly identical packs, 511 Tactical Rush 72 military backpacks with two rolled bundles at the bottom, a sleeping pad, possibly self-inflating, and a Marpac Olympus tent. Three flat solar chargers hooked to the back of the pack, at least one Condor MA5 single M4 mag pouch hooked to the side. In their packs, the drinking tubes visible, they have camelback hydration packs. Thornton's pack is closer in color to the light brown khaki of their uniforms, or possibly just covered by more accessories, while the other women's packs are more gray. They each carry a rifle, an M4A1 with a bungee sling, in front of them. From the way they carry them, we can assume now, if not before, they are all right-handed. They wear Atberg brand Lady Desert Elite boots, and purportedly, Portman had hers redone to not include leather because she's vegan. The camera rises as they walk. In the script, they walk right past the body that Thornton pointed out. As they pass it, Lena pauses, sees the skull, the way patches of hair and dried skin still cling to the underside of the skull, where it has been shielded from the wind and sun, sees the missing section of bone above the left eye socket, blown out by a bullet, sees the curve of ribs visible where the material of uniform has started to disintegrate. But there are no bones in the film, no survivor who was gunned down. Instead, they walk toward the shimmer. Second 46, we should notice the sound of a helicopter along with the thunder. Second 47, Thornton looks to her right across the line of women. Second 48, angle on Lena from her right. She was not the one trailing behind, so this angle should include, at the least, Raddick, but Lena is framed alone. More thunder as the moving frame reveals military vehicles parked far behind the left edge of frame. Silhouetted soldiers stand beside them. The southern reach wall, that we have not really seen or heard described in the film, stretches off into the distance from the left. The tree line stretches in from the right. At the right edge of frame, we see the back of another woman's pack come into frame. We can deduce this is Raddick, as we cut to. Second 51, angle on Raddick and Thornson. 
whether by the luck of costume availability and the natural poise of the two actresses, Thompson and Rodriguez, or deliberate choice in acting, directing, and costume design. Just from this shot, we might get the impression that Thornson is more comfortable with a gun than Raddick. Thornson carries her rifle more securely. Thornson's jacket is unbuttoned, making her look even stockier than Rodriguez is. Beneath it, she wears a white tank top. Raddick's coat feels too big, too long, which if this were not a two-shot would make her seem smaller, younger. Under her coat, she wears a long sleeve shirt visible at the wrists, overlapping her hands. Thornson's coat sleeves are folded up to mid-forearm. Thornson also, notably, wears bracelets that would not be standard military wear, nor probably on the job as a paramedic in Chicago. Raddick has some sort of military-grade radio strapped over her left breast. Thornson looks toward Raddick. Raddick looks toward Thornson, then down at the ground in front of her. Second 54, we get our best shot for an idea of just how big the Southern Reach operation is. The five women walk toward a small in the mid-ground. The Southern Reach facility is small in the distant background, the wall stretching off to the left and right. Military ground vehicles are parked in at least six different locations between the women and the facility, and two helicopters hover over them. In the left foreground, there are several antennae on the ground, barely noticeable but from my pause screen. The women approach them as time runs out for this minute. We spoke. What was it we said? Wordlessly watching, he waits by the window and wonders at the empty place inside. Annihilation. 